Hey guys, I'm Billy Humphrey. I'm Corey Russell. And this is Gripped, Awakening the Grown in a Generation for Revival and the Return of the Lord, Episode 3 of Season 4, and we are going in <laughs> on intercession at the end of the age. Yes. And we've just been setting the table the last couple episodes because the Lord gave us a dream yeah. about Psalm 2. It was one of my key leaders who teaches in our, he leads our mission school. And Corey and I were in this dream. We were interceding about Psalm 2 and talking about our podcast. Yeah. And we were, we were uh, moved. We were concerned because there wasn't might in the inner man of the church to be able to stand. And we really feel like that's what this season yes. is about, is we want to give you handles, tools. We want to put the word in you in a yes. way that's going to give you courage to know what's coming, but courage to stand in that hour of what's coming in a biblical courage is stronger than any other courage. And that's the question at the end of Revelation 6, who can, who can stand? stand? Who can stand? And so we've been laying a foundation talking about how, what Psalm 2 is, how that drama unfolds. And last episode, we started talking about how the whole Bible is a drama, yes. and we just got lost. Yes. <laughs> we just went in from Genesis. We made it to Moses. We're not going to give you an entire biblical <laughs> overview in this uh, episode, but what we want to do now is we want to take what's, what, we've, what we've laid the table with, what we set the table with, we want to take it and dial in on Psalm 2, because yes. it has these, these four parts in this drama and it starts off talking about the raging of the nations against the Lord and against his plan. It says, why do the nations rage? Why do they plot a vain thing? They take their stand against the Lord, against Jehovah and his Christ, his anointed one. Yes. And it, the, the question that's there is, this is obviously not going to work. What, what what's inside of them that's motivating this rage? They're counseling together. They're they're standing against the Lord. What's going on in the nations? This is the this is the first act. So what I want to I want to take a step back just a little bit, <laughs> not not too much. Into we're going to stay in Psalm two, but the fact of David and I want to tease yes. out because David is seeing this. He's seeing something. Dynamic. And I want you to understand David's more than a hippie with a guitar and kind of sets on the backside just playing. Yes. Uh, Peter calls him a prophet. Yes. David is a prophet and David is, he, he, I, he would go into the tabernacle. Yes. I mean, he would go into the tabernacle, have visions of God. Yes. We know there are several, you know, uh, end time visions, visions that David had. He had visions of the cross in yes. Psalm 22. Yes. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Psalm 16, he had a vision of the resurrection. You won't leave my soul in Sheol. Psalm 24, he saw Jesus' triumphal entry at the end of the age, yes. opening up the gates. David's in a vision. Yes. And David is seeing something that is going to come upon the earth before the Lord returns, and it is blowing his mind. And it's, it's bewildering him. Yes. He doesn't get it. That's why it starts off with why. Yes. That's, that's something people don't realize about David. The author of about a hundred Psalms, the majority of those Psalms were written in the context of the Ark of the Covenant 
dwelling in Zion with the glory of the Lord manifest. And David is peering into the glory of God and he's getting revelation of the entire drama of the scripture. He sees things all the way into the ages to come from that place of beholding God's glory in the, in the tabernacle of David. So when David is looking into the, the glory of God, he's seeing now the end time drama. Yes. He's seeing now this, this global crisis. He's seeing this rebellion against God that has turned into rage. Yes. And, and he's, he's asking this question, what is happening here? What is going on in the context of the earth? You know, you've got to imagine David from his vantage point, no technology, no understanding of all the economics of the earth or the political, geopolitical realms. He's looking into a time that he has no context for, and he's seeing this incredible vitriol and angst and hatred against God that's gone global. Yes. It's global insanity is what it is. It's what it is. It's global insanity. And that's why he's asking the question, why? It's it's not reason. It's not rational. Yes, it's not rational. It, why do nations rage? Okay, and that's a word that I think is the beginning. We are seeing the beginning of the rage of the nations, and it's only going to intensify leading up to the return of the Lord. When I think about raging nations, of course, there's this, this piece of we, we know that the societies of the earth are not mostly Christian. In yes. fact, they're not Christian. That's right. Even Christian nations are not actually living for Jesus. Yes. You know, there's a massive um, deception of of people that call themselves Christians, but are not actually living for Jesus, don't know and love Jesus of the Bible. I read a stat the other day that was so troubling about how many quote unquote evangelical Christians, the percentage that actually believe the Bible is true. And it is a it is a fraction. It wow. is like 10% or something in the United States that are evangelicals that believe the Bible is true from cover to cover. So what he's looking at is he's looking into the earth. He's seeing godless societies. And they're not just, they're not just sort of cold toward Christianity. They're actually yes. set against God. They're full of anger. They're full of hatred of God. And they're full of hatred against his chosen, and I want to say something about that in a moment, they're, they're full of hatred, rage against God. And there are so many times, I know you and I have experienced this in different times, seasons, online, different things, where we'll say something about the Lord, we might say something about Israel, we'll say something about Jesus, we might say something about righteousness, and what comes back at us, it's illogical, yes. irrational hatred and rage. Yes. We've both experienced this in persecution at different yes. times. And it's like, whoa, like, I'm just a guy that loves Jesus. Yes. You're just a guy, like, why do you hate me so yes. much? And what you realize, it's a demonic inspiration that's behind the rage. It is a demonic motivation that's causing not just the guy online against us. There, It's, it's going to be global, and that's what David's seeing. I want to say something to you before we jump into the text. I actually, I'm actually encouraged when I look at Psalm 2. Mm. In the fact of this, I believe it's going to be an on-fire church yes, and a spirit of revival yes. in the nations yes. that's going to awaken such rage and hatred. You know, a lot of us just think, you know, when glory breaks out and revival breaks out, all of our problems Everybody go away. Everybody gets happy. Everybody gets happy and it's awesome and it's kumbaya sessions. 
No, what revival does is it removes the gray areas. Yes. It extremes, it, it, it releases great love for Jesus and great hatred for Jesus, and it just removes the gray area. You know, light has come into the world, okay? Light, the Son of God, steps down into the planet, into the world he created, and faces a painful revelation in the, in the face of blinding light. Men still love darkness. Yes. And it says they hate the light because it exposes yes, their deeds. Yes. And I, I want to tell you, when I look at Psalm 2, part of it is, uh, you know, part of it is, oh, God, it's so, it's deeply sobering. It's deeply urgent. It's deeply painful. But there's another side of me that says the church, that God's going to bring forth a church. Yes. That's going to come out of the lukewarm spirit. Yes. That's going to come out of compromise and apathy and come out of dullness. We're going to fall in love with the Bible and a spirit of revival, a spirit of glory is going to yes. rest upon us. And in the same way, we talked about this in season one, Paul in Ephesus, when revival hits cities, when revival hits regions, massive harvest yes. and a massive rage yes. as economic yes. instability and just shaking of idolatry. Yes, and political systems fall, yes. governments get, they get in collision with the kingdom, all sorts of things like that happen. But this is a critical thought. We've got to get delivered from this idea of hap only happy revival. That's it. Talk about We this. have this idea that everybody just gets happy. Everybody's going to love us. Everything's going to be good when revival hits. That's not biblical. It's not biblical. What happened on Pentecost, there was a massive glory that came upon the, the believers. Fire comes on them. They get filled with the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders and miracles. Things are breaking out. And at the exact same time, the persecution hits a level that the disciples had never seen before. Previously, they were only persecuting Jesus. Now they are targeting each of yes. the disciples yes. for death. Yes. It's, it doesn't just equal, we got, the, we got another Pentecost. Glory to God. We're going to just all be happy. No, as soon as power bases shift like that, as soon as principalities get displaced, what you see that is the um, the antithesis of that is Satan now is raging. Yes. Satan is raging, and he manifests that through people. That's right. So this rage that David is seeing is a satanic rage. John saw it in the book of Revelation. He yes. says Satan being cast from the Revelation second heaven 12. into the earth, and he's enraged because he knows his time is short. Yes. And so here's what David is looking. He's looking right into that context. I mean, can you imagine? You're just like, I love you, Lord. Bang. There's this, yes. you know, this cataclysm thing happening at the end of the age with the rage of Satan manifesting through nations against the Lord. Yes. And against his anointed. Yes. And uh, they're actually, this is such an interesting thought. They're counseling together. Yes. The nations are corroborating. They're trying to figure out how can we break the bonds that the Lord's leadership is trying to put on us? How can we cast off these chains that this Christian, you know, philosophy, the way they would think of it, this Christian ideology is trying to, it's trying to put us into this thing where, where we're under, under control of them. How do we break this? It's restricting from us? our freedoms. It's restricting us. How do we break this from us? This is the, the drama that David is seeing in that first act. It's going to be a church on fire, revival in the nations that's going to provoke the rage of Satan through the nations. Yes. 
the, why did the nations rage? And it says this, oh, why did the, the what does it say? Kings of the earth yes. plot a vain thing. And that word for plotting is the same word in Psalm 1 as meditating. It's musing, muttering, meditating. Now you see demonic meditation. Kings are setting themselves. So there's a, there's a forceful resistance. Nation states setting themselves against the Lord and his anointed. It's nations and kings, billionaires, judges saying, come on, we want to take God on. It's global insanity. And it says this, it says that the judges take counsel together. Kings set themselves and the rulers, the judges take counsel together. David's seeing backroom meetings. He's seeing, I mean, very rarely do you see nations ever joining together at the table. Most of the time it's fake. They're not real alliances, but we are seeing a global alliance against God. Yes. A global alliance against his people. Yes. That that very rarely has happened at this level. And he sees the kings and the rulers. And I think rulers are not just just the judges. I think it's the billionaires, yes. the trillionaires, yes. the, the major players of nations that are putting all of their resources at the table in one unified goal. So what are we saying? We're telling you the Bible prophesies to us that the way the end of the drama of the gospel begins to play out is that nations, leaders of nations, leaders of industry and technology, that they are going to come together in evil alliances inspired by Satan, and they're going to take counsel together against Jesus and against his anointed. Beloved, I don't have to be prophetic to tell you that's what's getting ready to come on the earth, and we are already seeing it in seed form, and and it's actually beginning to bloom in certain ways in certain places. So this is what's coming on the planet. The reason why we tell you that is not to scare you. The, the point of it isn't to scare you. It's to enable you to have clarity and biblical clarity gives you courage. Com- yes, courage confidence. and confidence. Both of those realities. And what we're seeing in seed form right now is a generation that says, you know, who are you, God, to define what truth is? Yes. We want deliverance from the old guy and the old book. Yes. And they, they want to break the bonds that quote unquote, God has put them under. Yes. And what they're talking about are the righteous guidelines of the kingdom of God that trains a heart, how it can be full of love, how it can be full of beauty, how it can soar in wonder and, and revelation and, and, and calls us into purity. That's what the nations call chains and bondages. <laughs> the, 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 the thing that they, that would liberate them, they call it chains and bondages while they themselves are bound by sinful chains yes. and bondages. And that's, that's the lie of sin. It promises freedom, but it's actually enslaving. And so when I see this thing, they're, they're raging. This is what's coming, beloved. The nations are going to go into a full rage, a satanically inspired rage. But here's what's interesting. Against the Lord and his anointed. That, that word anointed is specifically used to talk about whoever his chosen king is, his Messiah. Yes. But what is so interesting to me is that word, that Hebrew word for it's Meshach, we use it to talk about the anointed king, like David was his anointed. Yes. It's used to talk about the anointed king, those kings that were anointed by God, they were chosen by God, they were were emblems of the, the anointed one that was to come. 
But do you know who else is called by God the anointed? Israel. Yes. My anointed. Wow. He actually describes him as his anointed ones, his chosen ones. He uses that same term, Meshiach. And so it's Jesus and his people that the nations are going to be raging against, which is exactly what Revelation 12 gives us. And so this is the global context, beloved, that we're in the beginning stages of right now. I know this is why God gave us this dream to do this season. Absolutely. And I, and I, I think, again, it's going to be because of a church on the earth that's on fire, and this will be our message. I believe we're going to see a predominantly Gentile church in the nations that are going to be pointing all eyes and are going to be proclaiming the majesty and the return of Jesus and the salvation of Israel. Absolutely. Romans eleven twenty five. Paul says, I yes. don't want you to be ignorant yes. of this mystery, brethren, lest you become arrogant. Okay. There's a lot of arrogance on the church right now. There's a lot of ignorance and arrogance and blindness and false theologies, replacement theologies that. that we have replaced Israel and that we're the new Israel. I'm here to tell you right now, God is not done with Israel. There has been a partial blindness and it's going to lead to a, to a national salvation of the whole nation. Yes. And, and, and we're going to, the, he says this, I do not desire that you would be ignorant of this mystery, lest you become arrogant that blindness in part has happened to Israel oh, until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. And I believe that's what it's going to be doing. It's going to be about the glory of the beauty of this man and of his purpose and his promises to Abraham, to David, into Israel through for the nation of Israel. And I believe that's what's going to provoke the rage. And that's what all nations are warring against. It's so stunning when you think about the geopolitical um, climate of the earth over the last hundreds of years, you know, thousands of years. It's so odd to me that the, the issues, the, the, the crises, the turmoil always ends up pointing back to Israel. Yes. Like, what is that? That is a satanically yes. inspired rage. And the Lord actually addresses this in Zechariah 14, he literally says the nations get drunk. Yes. And he makes Israel this stone that they they stumble over. They just have to, they just can't deal with yes. Israel. They hate Israel and they're drunken with a satanic rage. Mark me, listen. When you see anti-Semitism, when you see anti-Jewish sentiment. When you see nations of the earth and they are beginning to, to, you know, assault and, and speak wickedly over Israel and, and, and start to challenge their rights to having a state in the, in the, in that part of the earth and, in in, in, in Israel and the, in the whole area over there in the Mediterranean. When you see that thing begin to rise, those voices rise, that is an antichrist spirit. That's right. That is an antichrist spirit because Satan believes if he can destroy Jews, if he can destroy the Jewish people, he can destroy the ultimate fulfillment of God's promises that he made all the way back to Abraham. That's right. That he made all the way back to Adam. That's right. That he made to David, that he can make God a liar. And if he can make God a liar, guess what? He gets to take authority. That's exactly right. And so he's shooting every arrow he can to destroy and thwart God's purposes in Israel. Now, look, look, look. We're not saying that the political state of Israel is righteous. 
We're not saying that they're always making no. the right choices. No. We're not saying that that political Israel is a holy entity. No. But what we are saying is that God has covenantal promises yes. that he's made to the Jewish people yes. that he will not relent. He will not change. He's promised them land. I want you to get this. In the Bible, part of what he promises Abraham is he says, I'm going to give you land from the Nile to the Euphrates, from Egypt to Syria. That whole strip of land, I'm promising that to you. And he ties that to the gospel, yes. the redemption of the, of the nations through Christ, and the land inheritance. They all get tied together. So for the fullness of Jesus to, to see his inheritance of the nations, it also requires Israel to experience the fullness of what God promised or God's made a liar. Wow. Even I, even as you're talking, I'm thinking about the bonds and the cords, even the eternal decrees yes. and the eternal promises and the removal of the boundaries and the eternal decree that God's made. It's a fight over land. It's a fight over land. It's a fight over authority. That's power. right. The power base, what God said, the devil's raging. He hates it. He hates it. And that, and we see that thing manifested. The devil's rage in Revelation uh, 12. We see the rage right here in Psalm 2. We see the rulers on the earth, the judges, the billionaires, the, the players. Let us break their bonds in pieces, cast away their cords from us. Friend, I want you to feel this in this hour. I want, this is why we keep connecting this to the word of God. Because yes. I, I want to say this to you. You will either see God's word as loving boundary lines in which you experience pleasure. Yes. Or they will be bonds and restraints yes. that restrict your pleasure. Yep. And you will either submit to the word in this season yeah. or you'll rage against the word. That's right. You'll see it as a book of suggestions. You'll see it as a book of if this works for your life or how it can make you happy and the parts that don't apply to you, get Jesus, rid of it. Jesus. God's Jesus, word Jesus. is absolute. Jesus. God's word is eternal. It's founded in the heavens. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never fade away. What he said, and friend, we need a generation to come under the word, Jesus. to sit at the feet of the word and let the word define us instead of us standing over the word, defining it and making it whatever we want to. It's an hour to go low and to kiss the sun. Yes. It's an hour to go low in this hour. And to find your delight in the word of God. If the word is talking to you about your relationship with your girlfriend, mm. if you are crossing boundaries and the Lord is very clear that, that sexual relations in the context and covenant of marriage is for, is that's what the Bible is very yes, clear about. Yes. You must come underneath the word yes, of God. That's right. You must distance yourself. Whatever the word of God is applying and putting its finger on in your life, come underneath it. I just feel like the stakes are too high for us to soft pedal this in any way. Yes. You know, I know we're intense. You and I, you and I kind of walk around at level nine all the time. And I know that that can come across like, Oh wow, they're so intense. No guys, the stakes are too yes. high. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's too critically important that we would in any way soft pedal this or act like, Oh, it's okay. That little compromise is fine. Oh, that little side hatred you have of Jewish people, that's okay. Or your little situation with your fornication, that's all right. 
or hey, 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 you know, you know, love it comes in a lot of different flavors and and styles. And who 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 can tell you who you're allowed to love? I mean, if if I love a man, who says yes. that that's not love? Yes. All these deceptions right now are geared a to destroy your soul. Yes. And to be steal you. Yes. From God steal you from his delight and his pleasure that he has for you. And ultimately, they're geared to create a, a mass deception in the nations and cause the nations to rage against the Lord. And so I feel intense about this, and I don't apologize for that because the stakes are too high. And so what you're hearing from us is passion and zeal for the Lord that's consuming us, but it's deep desire and concern for you that you would live righteously and justly in the earth in an hour when the, the earth is getting filled with delusion and deception. And there's a cesspool of, of thought that is polluting the minds of nations to cause them to come into agreement with Satan's plans for the nations to rage against God, against Jesus, against the church, and against Israel. Yes. And we want to call you out of that, call you up above that, call you into clarity so you can stand firm in an yes. hour when the earth needs it the most. Father, once again, we ask you to seal this thing in Jesus. our hearts. Blessed is the man who does not walk, stand, or sit. And God, I pray right now for heaven's word, for God, your word with thunder. Sherman. And I oh. pray... God, I pray that you would even open it up. This is the thing that was hitting me at the beginning of this. David went into this visionary experience in the place of prayer and beholding. God, I pray that you would open our eyes in this place. Mark us, I pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Gripped. We hope this episode ministered to your heart. If so, feel free to subscribe and leave us a good rating. You can find previous episodes on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. You can watch this episode and more on our YouTube channel, Gripped Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at The Gripped Podcast. To stay connected with Corey's ministry, you can find out more at www.coryrussell.org. To stay connected with Billy's ministry, you can find out more at www.billyhumphrey.com. Bless you guys. Thank you.